Hi guys, I'm Dana Hanbeli, and this is Something to Consider. Before I start this episode, I want to thank you so much for the privilege of your time. I am so humbled by your positive support of this show and appreciate all the love you have been putting out there for the content. That being said, for me to keep doing this show, it really helps me to get engagement because it helps my rankings go up and hopefully grow this platform and reach people. So if you would be so kind to extend that enthusiasm for this show into an action of following or subscribing to the show wherever you listen to it, I would very much appreciate it. And of course, if you enjoy the show, please like, comment or share. It's the rules that have been set by the algorithm gods that we must abide by. So your help on this would be very much appreciated. Books have a unique way of stopping time in a particular moment and saying, "Let's not forget this." I love that quote. It's by an author named Dave Eggers. And it really resonated with me because that is exactly how I feel about writing. Writing has this way of making me forget about time. When I think about what I want to say and start writing it down, it kind of takes me down this Alice in Wonderland path or daydream. I mean, there is a level of reflection and analysis that may go into what I tend to write, but I always find myself smiling while I do it. It makes me happy, especially when it isn't driven by a deadline or a brief. When it's just this free flow trail of thoughts, images, words, reflections, feelings, and so many scenarios that run through my imagination, I sometimes can't even keep up. This inspired the subject of today's consideration, and it's this idea of time. What is time? Turns out it's this huge topic of debate by the way. I spent some time reading about this and whether it's the scientists, the philosophers or the theologists, everyone has an interpretation of what time is supposed to mean. Now, I'm no physics expert, but if I were to sum it up in the simplest way possible as a definition, time is an abstract idea or concept that we use to understand the world around us. Yet, it's also a construct because it is a creation made and agreed upon by society as a means to organize and measure the sequence and duration of events. Events that we then attach meaning to as we live out this beautiful, rich, complex lifetime here on earth for however long each of us has. Henri Bergson, a philosopher, believed that time is a subjective experience closely tied to one's own perception of change or lived time. the time of our inner subjective experience the present this is time felt lived acted when i was doing research and trying to understand this a bit more i came across the second law of thermodynamics which states the state of entropy of the entire universe as an isolated system will always increase over time let me try to illustrate this in a question why is it that when we leave an ice cube at room temperature it begins to melt why do we as people get older and never younger why clean clothes that will inevitably get dirty all over again certain things only happen in one direction and not the other time it only moves forward so according to the second law of thermodynamics a system will become more disordered as time increases So if entropy always increases over time, it means that the universe is moving towards a state of maximum disorder. And if you think about it, you can agree that this is kind of the case for where we are in the world right now. And I'm very sure we aren't the first nor will we be the last generation to feel this way. 
In fact, if history has taught us anything, it is that we are moving towards this disorder at a faster speed than we're probably even used to. Whether it's the effects of social media and its ability to create connected systems that have left us feeling more disconnected than ever, buildings and cities that are being created that we only used to imagine existed on these fantastical planets, artificial intelligence amplifying our curiosity of things we didn't even know existed, while at the same time making us more aware of our mediocrity as humans and the role that we play in the world that we roam. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot to think about and wonder about. And no, I am probably better off not going there. But the interesting thing is that it sort of led me to this revelation about the way that we've been conditioned to live our own lives. Think about it. We're born. Our entire contexts are arbitrary. We don't choose where we're born or to whom. We don't name ourselves, nor do we decide what language we're going to speak or even the social status that we're born into. We don't decide on the religion or the values that we believe in. It is the literal lottery. It could be anything. Our parents' responsibilities are to keep us safe, fed, and clothed until we're ready to be educated. They work hard in order to ensure that we are kept, fed, and protected in a home and invest the majority of what they make into ensuring that we are being educated at decent schools. We finish school and with the intention to continue with more school and get a degree which qualifies us for a job where we make more money in order to retain or gain a particular lifestyle or social status that would eventually make us attractive prospects to potentially finding a partner where we will then proceed to get married and create this shared life together, which will require compromises and commitment, which will then lead to making babies. And then we need to keep those babies alive, clothed, fed, safe, and educated. And the cycle just continues until the day that we die. We are always in pursuit of that next phase, that next step, that next goal, that next objective. And I'm not saying that it's wrong or bad or that I even disagree, but I am asking you to consider how and why we spend the majority of our lives in pursuit versus in present, the today, the now, the moment, and how much are we missing in the process? Socrates famously said, the unexamined life is not worth living. Thoreau famously said, the mass of men live lives of quiet desperation. But why? Why in a world where we are given and granted so much, do we get stuck in the illusion of more all the time? Especially if we can all collectively agree that as we progress in time, things will continue to get faster, harder, and more complex, inevitably. I see more people spending time trying to prolong their lives, their youth, their beauty, their wealth, their relationships, their legacy, more than I see them actually enjoying it. We are obsessed with forever. It really made me think about this idea of a global wake-up call and what that would look like. What do I need to do? What would need to kind of collectively wake us up to the idea that the good days aren't just coming? They're happening right now as we speak, live, and breathe. For me, that wake-up call was this pivot in my life, post-burnout and a series of other events that we won't get into right now. So now I'm at this standstill. What do I do? 
What am I expected to do? Healing has definitely been part of it, as has reflection. I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I worked really hard up until this point to make sure I created a life for myself where I had choices. And thankfully I do, I do have choices. I can be whoever I want to be and do whatever I want to do. And that's the dream, right? But when is the time when I slow down on the pursuit and start being more present in the life that I've created? When is it okay to celebrate my wins? Especially if I'm not following a traditional life as an Arab woman trajectory where I'm planning my wedding or changing my kid's diaper. What am I supposed to be working towards? Financial stability? A house on an island somewhere? A better car? And then I realized something. If I'm not in pursuit, then I'm just waiting. And that scared me even more. What am I waiting for? What are you waiting for? When is enough going to be enough? It was this thinking that led me down a rabbit hole of introspection and writing. Introspection is different than reflection. Reflection is a bit broader, where you think about past experiences, events, or things that led you to a particular point in time, and what the significance of that experience was. What was the learning, the insight, the wisdom that you could potentially take away from that experience? Introspection is more of an intentional, conscious examination of one's own thoughts, emotions, mental processes, and really the inner experience in an attempt to understand why. It's like this super focused means to gain more self-awareness. And it's kind of scary. This whole notion of introspection is pretty scary. It's intimidating to kind of go there. There was this famous study that came out in a publication called Science in the United States that stated the results of a 15-minute experiment where they left a group of men and women alone in a room, but gave them the choice to press a button which would give them a physical electrical shock to their body if they wanted to. And the results were insane. Even though all the participants had previously stated that they would pay money to avoid being shocked with electricity, 67% of men and 25% of women chose to inflict that pain, that electrical shock on themselves, rather than just sit quietly there and think. Scientists assumed that, you know, if we knew how to actually steer our thoughts in a pleasant direction and enjoy the experiences that we had, maybe we wouldn't hate being alone with ourselves too much. But I don't necessarily agree. I found that slowing down, writing, even creating this podcast has taken me on a journey of introspection that has led me somewhere that I didn't necessarily expect. I found that introspection and writing have shown me that in my pursuit of life, I've actually already been living. I just have been missing out on enjoying it because I've always been in pursuit of the next better thing. The best days of my life have been happening. I just haven't been present enough for them. And it was this realization that became my big wake-up call. We spend the school year waiting for the summer so we can go on vacation. When we go on vacation, we reminisce about our friends at home and can't wait to go back to school. We can't wait to graduate and go to college. And once we get to college, we can't wait to finish college and start working. And the cycle just goes on and on and on and on. 
And it started to make sense to me why so many of us feel so unbelievably exhausted by the time that we reach early adulthood, or in the case of an older generation, retirement. We're kind of left thinking, that's it? All of this and that's it? I think we should consider that in our attempt to understand and put some sort of measurable system to our experience of life, we've lost sight of what it really means to live, to really be present with ourselves and show up for others in a way that we all secretly wish others would show up for us. To live a more present life means to fully engage and commit to experiencing the moment that you're in right now versus being preoccupied about the past or worrying about the future. And part of that means that you would need to be very in tune with your own feelings and thoughts as you take in the experience of the context around you. And once you start becoming more aware of this behavior, these moments, time has this way of just stopping for a moment. It has this way of slowing down ever so slightly, just enough for you to appreciate what is happening And it somehow results in this greater appreciation for that experience, for life as a whole even. The experience of actively living and engaging in the present carries with it a sense of calm and connection that we so desperately seek in our pursuit of more. But the distractions seem to overpower our commitment to experiencing the now so much that it's gotten to the point where we cannot fathom the thought of not engaging with something, not having some sort of stimulus. I get asked a lot what my favorite year as an entrepreneur was. Was it the year that we became the first independent agency from Kuwait to win and become recognized globally at Cannes? Or being ranked top independent agency of the year? Or was it when we built our new office space and expanded, when we hired our first employee, when we landed our first profitable project? What was that moment that really defined my entrepreneurial experience and got me so addicted to this incredible journey? And after some real introspection and reflection, I discovered that it was actually the beginning It was that first year of being an entrepreneur that was by far the most beautiful for me. It was the most memorable, although it was the hardest from the perspective of there was so much that I did not know. I was no longer getting the sexy paycheck every month that I got when I was working for someone else. My office was much, much smaller. I did not take my annual month-long summer vacation that year with my family. I was creating proposals left, right, and center, trying to figure out how to onboard clients. It was filled with a million reasons for me to be overwhelmed with the pursuit. There were a lot of long days and late nights. There were moments that were dark and felt like I didn't know what I was doing. Moments where I didn't have all the answers, where I seriously doubted myself, where I questioned whether I did the right thing or not. But looking back, it was also a time where I was most committed to following my own instincts, taking risks, embracing the discomfort of how much I did not know and being super open to the possibilities of where this experience would take me. Every day was different. Every hiccup was a lesson and an opportunity to grow. I was so enthusiastic about the process, even though I was so scared and uncertain. Looking back, it was beautiful. It was so special. It was one of those things that I wish I slowed down for and 
savored and enjoyed more because you don't get moments like that back when you build a business, especially a successful one. And I would relate that even to relationships. Time speeds up, you grow, you become more profitable and you very quickly join the rest of the world in their pursuit of more in an attempt to maintain the status quo of what you've built. And this isn't just nostalgia. This is really investing in reflecting on the life that I have lived in an, in an attempt to be more present because I'm very conscious of this mindset and these feelings now. And I find myself going through the same thing. I'm in a new country with new pursuits and new challenges and about to start my second company. And I can't help but think there's going to come a time where I look back on this experience and say it was one of the biggest adventures of my life. With all the fear and uncertainty I'm about to embark on, on this incredible journey, I want to be able to actually enjoy it. I don't want to speed through it like I have in the past. I don't want to rush into having all the answers. I want to be able to sit in the discomfort of knowing that being open to possibility and curious about opportunity could open doors to passions and experiences I have never even imagined possible. How exciting is it to believe that the best days of your life, with all the anguish, pain, joy, love, excitement, isn't just sitting waiting for you in your future, nor is it attached to the experiences that you left behind yesterday, but it's actually happening right now. Your story, your passion, your joy, your life is happening right now. And you can't tell me the thought of that doesn't excite you or at least make you smile. You can't tell me that in that ever so slight pause, you didn't enjoy not being in pursuit of what this construct of time has taught us to fear. As I speak in this moment of sharing this consideration with you, I'm completely present and excited about what I'm doing right now. I can't even stop myself from smiling and enjoying the idea of being in this incredible moment for me. I'm sitting here recording my thoughts and musings in tune with how genuinely happy it makes me before I even put this content out there in an attempt to engage with the world. And it's beautiful. It is. This is my win today. This is what I choose to celebrate. This is my little milestone. And I hope this is something that I will remember. Now, the realist will listen to this and think this is a super long, drawn out way to make a very simple point that we should just be more present in our lives and life is beautiful and I didn't need to be all woo-woo about it. But I would disagree and ask you to consider this. Why at a time when we know so much are we finding it so difficult to enjoy what we have? Why at a time when a lot of us, not all of us, have this privilege that we have access to every opportunity to start over, to change, to rebuild, to experience, and so on, yet we still find ourselves stuck, feeling less content with what we have, wondering why all of this isn't enough. The way I see it is that it has a lot to do with how we are conditioned to view time. We know that these things aren't going to get easier when it comes to life. Remember, science tells us that as entropy increases over time, it means that the universe is moving towards a state of maximum disorder. And if we take that same concept as a metaphor and apply it to life, I think many of us would agree things aren't meant to get easier. Relationships get complicated. Raising kids comes with responsibility. Work gets intense. Financial stability becomes the priority. Economic stability is a concern for the livelihood of your family. Being part of a collective society brings with it its own challenges and so on. 
But if we were to look at these experiences as what life actually is versus a vehicle to getting to this illusion of what life should be, don't you think there's a possibility we would enjoy the ride a little bit more? Don't you think that we'd stop taking each other and the time that we have now for granted so much? Would we be more present? Would that presence leave us feeling more connected, more curious, more appreciative, more appreciative, more grounded? Give the thought a chance. We don't have to agree on this one, but I do hope you found something to consider. <laughs>